Hello, hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. Special Summer Series, The Story of Drihid, Part 6. If Drihid was a film script, in 2015 it probably would have sounded something like this. The Teaching Council. Drihid is a great success. Everyone? Did you even read the consultations about Drihid? The Teaching Council. Drihid is a great success. Everyone else? But there's big problems. For example, no one's failed the pilot. I mean, surely a pilot can't be deemed successful if nobody fails. The Teaching Council. That's why Drihid is a great success. Everybody else? But surely piloting one methodology flies in the face of good research practice. The Teaching Council? The methodology we have chosen is better than the current model. Therefore, Drid is a great success. Everyone else? But, but surely you could try out other methodologies. The Teaching Council? Yes. Drid is a great success. Now, as more months passed by in 2015, let's say the script continued. The Teaching Council? Our Drihid schools are reporting back great success. Everyone? Well, wait, 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 wait. What the, what the heck is a Drihid school? The Teaching Council? Oh, Drihid schools are schools that have signed up to the pilot. They get great benefits. For example, they get 1,000 euro to spend on whatever they like. And they also get release days for the NIPT mentors. Everyone? You, you, wait, you're, you're just giving them a thousand euro. Wait, wait, don't we already get release days for these NIPT mentors? The teaching council. Well, if you're not in the Drihid pilot, you can't get them anymore. Everyone? This is outrageous. So if we're not in Drihid, we can no longer get an NIPT mentor and we lose out on a thousand euro in funding. Teaching council? Well, then why not be part of the pilot? Then you'll get these lovely goodies. Everyone? Is, is this really happening? The Teaching Council? Yes, Drid is happening and it's a great success. Let's add a new person into our little script here. Sorry for this film script thing. I'm not sure if it's working, but hey, let's just go with it for the moment. The IPPN enter the arena. The IPPN. 80% of principals have stated they will not take part in Drihid in its current form. I don't know why that's my IPPM voice. Anyway, the Teaching Council. Sorry, it's after. 80% of principals have stated they will not take part in Drihid in its current form. The Teaching Council. I'm releasing a press release. Fantastic news. Over 800 schools are happy to take part in Drihid. We look forward to expanding our network of Drihid schools. And given all that we're all hearing is great news about Drihid, we can definitely say that Drihid is a great success. In fact, it's such a success, you're all going to have to do it in a couple of years, and the rollout will be complete soon. <sighs> I'm not really sure if this is working. Folks, it's time to move to 2016. 
Hello, hello, this is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net with If I Were the Minister for Education, a weekly podcast where I look at the world of primary education and wonder what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. You can subscribe to the podcast on any of your favourite podcasting apps, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and all the rest of the gang. And please tell your teacher friends or anyone else who might be interested in primary education about the podcast. And please, if you like, leave a review if you enjoy any of the episodes. Well, sorry for the uh, terrible um, play play there or that script. Uh, I'm definitely not going to become a playwright uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe I should have got different people to the voices like you do in primary school. You know, Johnny, you be you be the teaching council. Mary, you be uh, everybody, and um, and Dermot, you be the IPN. I don't know. Maybe I should have done that, but you know, it's just me here, so you'll have to make do with my terrible uh, changes of voices but look let's 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 move on it was maybe a bit of a summary for you if you're only just joining us in part six of this um summer series uh, on drihid looking back over the last 10 years since drihid first came upon us look 2016 was about five years after harold hislop's infamous pantomime uh, speech uh, at the ippn conference and it was an interesting year in primary education generally and for me I have to say, it was the year where our education system fundamentally changed. If you we look back on the last 10 years and you look at the different things that happened, 2016 was the year where a lot of things changed, not for the better, um, I, I must add. For example, outside of Drihid, the NCSE published their new guidelines for children with additional needs, paving the way for the disaster that we're seeing today in 2022. It's amazing, um, actually, that if you look back on when when did the NCSE become so bad? If you ask that question, it started in 2016 with one of their uh, one of their papers. Uh, another thing was Sean Cotterell, who was the powerhouse of the IPPN, announced he was going to be retiring, which led to a new direction for the organisation of partnership with the INTO and the Department of Education, rather than the um, excellent, what I thought was a, a, the, the thorn in the side approach, perhaps, the, the cheeky uh, but powerful um, sort of uh, advocacy group that the IPPN once was. But even more importantly, for the purposes of this podcast episode, were two elections that took place in 2016. The first was the teaching council elections and the second was the INTO presidency. Now I have to remind you, um, because it is 2022 right now, so six years have passed since this fateful year, that 2016 was still a time where the leadership of organisations actually spoke with ordinary members rather than spoke at ordinary members. Notice the difference, they spoke with ordinary members back in 2016 rather than at us. And this gave me the opportunity to interview candidates for both of these elections, the teaching council elections and the presidency elections of the INTO. Drihid was really, really high on the agenda at that time of both of these elections. And John Boyle um, was happy to be interviewed by me and he outlined his thoughts in an interview which I spoke about earlier in this series. And if you were to describe the teaching council elections that year, the candidates that were going for the positions had only one thing on their minds. And this was um, the teaching council elections, as I said, not the presidency ones here, because just I'm intertwining them really. And the one thing on the teaching council elections um, 
uh, for the candidates, the one thing that was the only thing potentially was Drihid. And it seemed the only way to stop Drihid in any way, because it was really being steamrolled very carefully, as you heard from the introduction, was to become elected onto the council, so onto the actual teaching council, and try and stop it happening from within. Now, with the structures as they were, they needed a certain number of candidates on the council. And as luck would have it, that's basically what they got. Every single person that went up for election um, with an anti-Drihid stance was elected. And that's how many people, that's how much people were against the thing. Anyone who spoke against Drihid in their in their election campaign to become members of the teaching council um, got elected. Now, as we know now, sadly, some of those that were elected to their eternal shame, once they got the position, changed their minds. But still, and by the way, when I say they changed their minds, maybe they didn't change their minds for them. They were put up by, um, I'd say, the, my, my suspicion really is they were put up to the to, to be official INTO candidates uh, for, for this and were told once they were in that they would have to vote in favour of Drihid things, which is shameful considering that they weren't honest in the first place. If you were honest in the first place, fair enough, but to actually go in saying that they would do something about Drihid was, um, was shameful, I would say. But anyway, there was still a majority in there and it meant that Drihid, which as I said, should have been renamed Steamroller, it became stuck yet again. <laughs> Basically, there weren't enough people in the teaching council to vote through or push through Drihid. And the response from this overwhelming stance against Drihid from the heads of the teaching council, essentially, it was it was kind of pathetic. It's funny, but pathetic. But essentially, once these people were elected in and the teaching council heads knew that, the, that again they were in trouble, they released a press statement essentially saying that Drihid was going to be happening no matter what. Um, it, was, it was bizarre. And at the same time, trouble was brewing for the INTO because members had successfully won the right for the INTO to have to ballot their own members for non-cooperation with Drihid. So things were happening from different angles. Now, I feel I need to take a pause before this election because I know I've been going on confidently about how the INTO leadership were definitely behind Drihid. And some of you at this stage, you know, and I've been talking about this for quite some time in this episode, you know, where's your evidence? Where is your evidence about uh, the INTO all of a sudden changing their mind to back a Drihid and back it vehemently and in, in, in some ways questionably back Drihid? Where have I made that leap? Prove it, is, is what you might be saying. Well, around 2017, I pushed one of the top people in the INTO on this. And they started by claiming in the middle of 2013, after the Drihid proposals were published, the CEC issued a directive to members not to participate in Drihid. So they were basically denying that they pushed Drihid by saying, excuse me, Simon, in 2013, we definitely said we didn't want Drihid happening. And they continued to explain that at the end of the first year, the Teaching Council agreed to give principals an opt-out from probating and external panels for uh, PSDs, professional support teams, were set up. 
And they and this person claimed this was the significant development. And hence, they lifted the directive and encouraged schools to engage with the pilot in order to advance INTU policy. So again, what they were claiming, what this person was claiming, that they weren't in favour of Drahid, but they said they, they believed that schools should engage with the pilot because it would help with the INTO policy, which wasn't pro-Drihid in <laughs> even at this point, uh, according to this person very high up. But then the tone changed again. They said, it was not a question of deciding to support Drihid, it was a means of shaping it. This is really interesting, really interesting. You know this, um, you know, 1984 doublespeak kind of stuff. So basically what they were saying, well, we were totally against Drihid, we didn't, we didn't support it. No, no, we wanted to shape it. It was coming anyway, so we wanted to shape it. So we basically were, you know, we weren't ever going to stop it. It was never going to happen anyway, so we just wanted to shape it. So this is interesting because in some ways, um, they're they're basically denying the fact that they they uh, they they supported Drahid. I mean, which I find bizarre, um, considering um, well, considering everything really. But they anyway continuing. They said over one hundred school particip- schools participated. Some participated on PSTs that did not have a principal on the PST, and others availed of the external panel. Participation in the pilot was used as a means of advancing INTO policy, not an indication of support for Drihid. Now, do you hear the double speak going on here? But I don't know. You know, maybe it's still not enough evidence for you. So ultimately reading from that, it wasn't very clear what the INTO's position was. You know, I couldn't really on the basis of that discussion say anything because it's very clever. You know, they, they aren't saying they supported it, but they're not saying they were against it. And in many ways, listening to them, it kind of went like that. They would never, ever overtly say they supported Drahid. But at the same time, they kept lifting directives against Drahid for really minor changes. Take, for example, the change in 2014 mentioned there regarding the external PST and principal opt-out. That was a really minor tweak at very, very best. You know, that was that was nothing uh, change, really. It, it made no difference. It was still... The only thing that changed was the principal didn't have to uh, be part of the decision-making process. And the problem for me is that I could never, ever find any proof that the INTO was basically supportive of Drihid. Um, I mean, I certainly couldn't find any proof that they were against it. And that was until around December 2018, at a recorded event called the INTO 150 debate, chaired by Anne Looney, the Dean of Education in DCU, with Thomas O'Rourke, who was then the CEO of the Teaching Council, and John Carr, the former General Secretary of the INTO. Now, it's well worth watching this set of videos. I'll, I'll link to one of them in the, in the show notes, but it really demonstrates the INTO's position on education in general, of which there is huge merit. I'm, I actually have to say, I watched these videos, and I have to say, John Carr it was a super general secretary. I mean, maybe he wasn't a general, I don't know. Look, I, maybe, maybe I'm being kind there, but I, I never remember. Um, I mean, I, was, I started off in John Carr's day, so maybe I was a little bit green to things, but a really intelligent man, an incredibly intelligent person, very clear about, his, about what he wanted, what he, what, he, what he thought of the teaching profession. He had a, certainly a, a very strong motive against 
state running schools uh, in this interview in particular. Um, and I thought that was um, that was kind of interesting. I mean, I thought the INTO's position uh, was extremely uh, um, strong with in it. But uh, sorry, I'm kind of going off tangent there, uh, just talking about uh, John Carr. But if you actually Google this INTO 150 debate chair, uh, and you'll find the page where this talk was with the teaching council, and it shows two clips from this video. And really interestingly, and I, I kind of, I, I pointed this out at the time, when they first put up this video, th- this thing, there's a really important section in that interview, which they somehow forgot to upload. And I remember at the time, uh, and again, remember this is a time where the INTO did engage on social media with their members. I pointed out, because I watched it live, why do they not put the point in um, where, um, where something very important was said? I don't want to spoil the fun. And they... Uh, they put it back up on the site. But if you look at it now, it's gone again. And what I did was, because when they put it back up, I kind of had a feeling they'd take it down again. Uh, I saved it um, just in case I ever needed it. And today is that day where I'm going to play the clip of John Carr. And essentially what I'm saying is in 2018, by 2018, a lot had changed um, in terms of, of resistance to Druid. So, I mean, where I am, I suppose, in this episode is around 2016, around the elections. But looking, fast-forwarding up to 2018, when Druid essentially had, had, had got over the line, and I use got over the line quite deliberately, we finally got the admission that the INTO were behind Druid. And essentially, they did everything they could to get it over the line. So let's have a listen to John Carr talking about the self-regulating profession and the only way we're going to have a constant in teaching profession Mm. is to have teachers themselves deciding we're going to have a high quality teaching force and we're going to ensure that uh, our young people coming in to the to to the profession are properly inducted and probated and we're going to ensure that we continue professional development i sat next door when young teachers used to get on crying because of the pressures they were under in their first year of teaching with that diploma, uh, teaching diploma. Now the teaching diploma is gone Mm. and teachers for the first time are coming into school under a different regime. Now I know it was controversial to reach to where we are today, but at least we're there today and and this is where I think the INCO has played a major role Mm. to get, uh, you know, induction and probation to where we are because uh, if if we recall, at one stage, there was a complete standoff. Now, there's a couple of things I noticed about this clip and about John Carr in general. And there's no other way to say this. But I'm, and I, I mentioned this just before the, the clip, I'm really struck by his intelligence and his articulation. I said he clearly had a vision about the teaching profession and he clearly dedicated much of his tenure on getting the teaching council established in the first place. And his goal was to take away as much power away from the state because he believed that if we have a state-controlled education system, we leave ourselves open to the changing attitudes of different governments. And he believed that a self-regulating profession was the answer to that. And the thing is, And the thing I admire about John, as opposed to the people that followed him, is his honesty. 
his honesty about that. I may not fully agree with him on his point because my belief is a state-run school system can be defended and can be defended very well by very strong unions like the INTO was at the time without the need for a teaching council. But I absolutely understand the idea of a regulatory buffer to the state. And the only problem with the teaching council is it's really poor at doing its job. I mean, if the teaching council was... I don't know if the teaching council is what John Carr imagined it to be. And again, if um, with John Carr, if you watch the entire video, it points out that the Teaching Council and the Department of Education, uh, and this is what he said, um, I mean, I think his main problem, he was kind of cross about Druhid, to be honest with you, but not for the same reason the entire profession was. But if you watch the entire video, he'll say that the, Depart- that the Teaching Council and the Department of Education made a total cock-up of Druhid. Um, and he referred to the infamous Harold Hislop pantomime in all but name. In some ways, I feel if John Carr had have been the Secretary General, we might not have been in the mess we ended up with now. Now, I'm only basing this on this particular talk, so he may have been equally horrendous on other issues. However, from what I know, I don't think it was the case. I just thought I'd go off on that aside because I think, you know, I, I'm conscious of the fact that I've been... I suppose, damning the INTO about Drahid and um, and saying that they were behind the whole thing without showing any evidence for it. But I think I've put that to bed at this point. But let's get back to 2016, um, which was a seminal year for Drahid and for the primary education system, because this is where the system began to unravel, or maybe more accurately, it began to get more knotted. Um, the INTO leadership were forced to ballot their members in 2016 as to whether they would cooperate with Drihid or not. And it was an incredibly bizarre affair. On the very day the ballot for INTO members was opened, the Teaching Council contacted all teachers in the following manner. Every teacher received an email to a webinar promoting Drihid, which, which was basically hosted by a journalist who I'm not sh- sure was doing that for free, but anyway, that's that aside. There was a barrage of tweets from the Teaching Council promoting Drihid on Twitter. Um, There was a glossy leaflet promoting Drihid coming in the post to every school and a letter to school then offering them €500 each to start a Drihid learning network. This was happening almost the day of the INTO INTO ballot on Drihid. That's what the Teaching Council did. It seemed like an act of... Of desperation. I mean, even their own elected members couldn't stand for it. Five members of the teaching council felt the need to speak out on social media about their own feelings on Drahid uh, because effectively they were on the teaching council and they couldn't stand over what the teaching council were doing. And they encouraged all teachers to vote yes in the ballot, which was basically not to cooperate with it. Effectively, the leadership of the teaching council was ignoring its own council. And the whole thing reeked and looked embarrassing. And it came to pass that the INTO revealed the results of the ballot regarding non-cooperation with the Drihid scheme and despite all of the obstacles put in the way and all the propaganda from the Teaching Council, 91% of INTO members voted in favour of the ballot, which meant that Drihid could no longer happen in Irish primary schools until further notice. Now, not only was this a crippling defeat for the Teaching Council, it was a massive embarrassment for the INTO leadership and their CEC representatives who had spent the previous year or so trying to push 
the Drihid agenda through. The CEC even tried to stop the ballot from even happening, and only for the clever work of people like Seamus O'Connor, Gregor Kerr, and Maura Lenin, we may not have had the democratic right to vote. The question had to be asked, what was now going to happen for Drihid? It was more than unfortunate that it had taken industrial action to demonstrate uh, that almost every teacher in the country didn't want this initiative in their schools. Surely now the teaching council and the upper echelons of the INCO would have to start listening to their members. At the time I felt they also should have apologised to the members for putting us through the ringer with Drihid over those few years. Drihid had burned so many bridges with primary school teachers. It was surely time to start again and rebuild them. So there we have it. Um, That is a summary of 2016. For me, a seminal year in the primary education system, really in terms of um, every aspect, whether that's special education needs or whether that was Drihid or even um, the uh, the direction of the INTO. Um, I didn't mention really um, in the podcast there in the episode the result of that presidential election it was a, a campaign uh, between uh, um, John Boyle and Gregor Kerr uh, where John Boyle uh, narrowly defeated uh, Gregor Kerr in the presidency um, and potentially changed the direction of the INTO forevermore as we know John Boyle has gone on to be the secretary general of the INTO um, but really I guess we left 2016 I would have thought in a very positive place in terms of Drihid because it 91% of members were still against it um so we'll see how things pan out anyway thanks so much for listening um, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll catch you again next week for part seven <laughs>